opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. The Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind in St. Augustine has a new president. The St. Augustine Record reports that the new president is named Tracy Cassio Snow. Tracy joins us to talk about how she plans to improve the school to help its blind and visually impaired students live, learn, and grow. Hi, Tracy. Hello. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your new role as the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind's new president. I would be happy to. So I started working at the Florida School for the Blind. I'm sorry. This is my first radio interview. I shouldn't be so nervous. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) I'm stumbling on my own words about myself. So um, I started working at the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind 26 years ago. I have had positions such as teacher, specialist, director, and most recently administrator. Um, I have two students who actually attend and one graduated from the School for the Deaf here at the at FSDB. So I have a strong commitment and strong passion to our school. I've had a pleasure of working with students across campus, both in the deaf department as well as the blind department. And I just have such a great love for this school. So the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind has a long history dating back to 1885. That's a long time ago. Tell us about your school. Yes, it does have a long and rich history Um, here. We are located in the beautiful part of Florida. I know I am biased um, of St. Augustine. We have a beautiful historical area within our beautiful city and our school is on the north end of that. Um, Currently today we serve about a thousand students statewide um, ranging from young infants all the way to the age of 22. We provide diverse coursework and opportunities to teach the whole child. Um, We of course have a boarding program as well as a day program provide all the services a child needs to grow and be successful in life. Wow. You're the school's 19th president in over its 130-year history, right? Yes, that is correct. I am. Wow. That, that's, that's very amazing. So you succeeded the former president, Julia Mincer, and she was the interim president. Now she's the school's administrator of business services. Talk briefly about Julia. Absolutely. So yes, we were quite honored that Julia was able to be our interim president um, in between the retirement of Dr. Prickett, as well as the appointment of myself recently last month in November. Um, She does an amazing job here at at the school as the administrator of business services. That was her position prior to being interim, and she still maintained those responsibilities while she was interim. So she oversees such departments as our police services, household, construction, accounting, um, and a few other departments as well. She is a wonderful Mm -hmm. teammate of mine, and I am blessed to work with her every day. We can tell you're very honored, humbled, and excited to be president, and you truly believe in your school's mission. What's that mission, and how do you plan to further it? 
we want to focus on the blind. blind and visually impaired students because this is a blind and visually impaired show. Absolutely. So, and I apologize for all the ringing that happens in the background in my office. Busy Friday. Um, it is a busy Friday. Um, and I'm just if you could see if you could turn off the ring, please, that'd be great. Just did. Um, so I believe that every student at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind deserves to have a lifetime of success, specifically for students who are blind and visually impaired. That also involves enabling them to discover within themselves the strengths, the abilities, and the ways in which that they can interact with the world in order to have success after they graduate. I strongly believe in empowerment and self-determination. It is one of those things that I am most proud of when we see our students graduate from FSDB, become employed, pursue their dreams, become citizens of the world. And now with technology and other ways that students are able to network with each other, um, they move across the country. They don't just stay within Florida or they do stay within Florida. So I really want our students who are blind and visually impaired to have a great understanding of what they can do, where their needs are to work on their skills when it comes to reading and math for learning Braille and knowing how to access large print as well as assistive technology and computers. I think the, the future is bright for our students here at the school and we are starting very early in our elementary school program to make sure that our students have those tools for greater success after they leave. Sounds like you're definitely exercising this engagement well in your role to improve that educational experience for the blind and visually impaired students who come to your school. Um, and I'm sure this includes deaf-blind students, correct? Ones who can't see and can't hear, correct? That is absolutely correct. Yes, we do serve students on our campus who are both deaf and blind. Um, that can look like a student who um, is deaf and blind as well as deaf, visually impaired, or blind, hard of hearing. So yes, we do provide um, opportunities for students to take classes in both of our departments departments, if that is something that the student and the parent think is in their best interest, they have the opportunity to participate in orientation mobility, braille classes, assistive technologies, to learn sign language, to have auditory devices. So we make sure that there are no barriers um, for children when they're here at FSDB. And we also offer support um, for our staff members. So if, for example, there is a teacher in the blind department who has a student who is deaf blind that uses American Sign Language, we ensure that there is an interpreter that is with them. We also help them understand some of those cultural aspects and vice versa. If there's a deaf blind student who takes classes in our deaf department, um, we ensure that those teachers also know about large print screen readers, braille, assistive technology devices, and what accommodations they may need. So we've got this whole COVID-19 thing going right now. How are you and the staff and students responding to this pandemic? Well, in the state of Florida, all schools were required to have reopening plan as well as have certain assurances that we worked with the state department, the Department of Education on. Um, so give you a little snapshot of what we have done on our campus. Um, we made sure that 
student spaces, whether it be in the school or whether it be in the dorm or socially distant so that children's desks are adequately apart. We go for the goal of six feet um, so that they can sit at their desks. We have bought partitions for their desks for them to use. They We also encourage wearing masking. Um, we have um, arrows and directions and promptings in hallways so that students have learned how to traverse their buildings in one-way directions. Um, there was some training at the start of the school for that. Um, we have also um, engaged our students as well as staff members in making sure our areas are, are clean and safe. There's lots of um, cleaning products and hand sanitizers in all of our spaces, um, and we do constant um, kind reminders. It's, it's something that I have also shared with our school community a number of times. Um, and then if in the event there is a student or staff member who has tested positive um, for COVID-19, we ensure that that person is isolated. We do contact tracing. We work with the Department of Health. We contact families um, and we ensure that those individuals are able to go home. And we do have a number of our students who participate in an innovative learning environment, which means they are participating synchronously with our classes on campus. Every student has a device at home that they're able to access video and audio feed into the classroom. Um, we mail home materials to them. We ensure they have their technology and assistive devices. Um, and they are able to return to school as soon as they and their family feel it is safe to do so. And if any student does happen to be quarantined, um, they also are able to participate in the innovative learning environment. So we strive very hard that they do not miss a beat and they are able to have their educational services as well as their related services um, that are on their individual education plan. Um, what, what about services like orientation and mobility and braille instruction and accessible technology? Do you offer all of those too? Yes, we do. Our students, um, we have students who use refreshable braille, so they will have their device with them. We also have students who have braille copies, so um, paper copies of braille books, braille materials. Um, we do ship those materials as it's appropriate for them to engage in their classroom activities. We do also have a lot of students who will um, use screen readers to access print materials. It's um, a little less cumbersome at times than to be mailing home large volumes of Braille text. And we do ensure that all of the related services that are on a student's IEP as appropriate is delivered while they are either on campus or while they are home. So we continue to provide services such as orientation and mobility. However, with the orientation and mobility specialist, the parent and the student, they work on certain skills that can be done at home. Um, because as you know, with the expanded core curriculum, there are many skills that can be done remotely. Um, and when it is safe to do so and return to the campus, um, of course, those orientation mobility people um, are working with those students. I often see them around campus, um, out in the neighborhood. We live in a beautiful little community. And so they are able to work with students and, and continue on that same educational journey, even through this pandemic. Okay. Speaking of community, um, St. Augustine, which major city is that close to? Just out of curiosity. 
Um, just out of curiosity, so um, mileage-wise and driving-wise, of course, when you live in a city, is, is a little bit different, but we're just south of Jacksonville, so we're on the northeast coast, and it might take you roughly about an hour to get to Jacksonville from where we are. We are considered a city, the city of St. Augustine, because we are the oldest city um, in the nation, and um, even though we are quite large in land mass, um, we, our school is in a residential neighborhood. So we are very lucky to have kind of like an old, old neighborhood feel. We're in the historic area, um, as well as not that far to the main highway. Oh, got it. South from the Jacksonville Jaguars home. I see. Ab absolutely. All right. Great. So let's get back to you, Tracy. So aside from being, working at the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind, you're also the state advisory committee for the education of exceptional students co-chair. And you were appointed by the Florida Department of Education. What do you do on this committee? That is correct. I was appointed um, by the state to serve on the committee. And then just within the last year, I was selected by my peers on that committee to be one of the co-chairs. And just coincidentally, I participated in the SAC meeting yesterday via Zoom. Um, so some of the topics that we traditionally talk at that meeting, and it is held twice a year, one time in the winter and one time in the summer, um, we review state data. So data that has um, to do with um, discipline, academics, our state assessments. Um, we also look at graduation rate. We look at um, the percent of students meeting their IEP goals and it's state level data. So it's really looking at district data um, that is shared with the state through various surveys. We also have the opportunity at each meeting to come together in small groups, which is one of the parts of state SAC that I really do appreciate. I serve with others from the state SAC committee on focusing on the education, K-12 education for our students with disabilities in the state of Florida. But there are also other groups that focus on parent engagement, career and transition, um, and other types of topics. So out of those small groups, as well as any time during the meeting, one of the members can make a motion, make a recommendation, and after being voted on by the entire committee, if the motion um, passes, we are able to submit recommendations to the State Board of Education, the commissioner, um, as well as the Bureau of Exceptional Students. So it is a way for parent advocates, school leaders who serve on this committee um, to share their voice in support of the students that we represent, the children that we represent, or the families that we serve. That is fantastic. Now, what are you doing about helping coordinate um, extracurricular activities? You're playing basketball, you're performing in a school play. Um, and, and what about events with the students and the parents? Like, um, a school festival. How do you coordinate those kind of events and what sort of events like those do you do at your school? Well, I can talk about pre-pandemic, um, which is a okay. little bit easier, but, I, but really quickly right now, this season, our leadership team 
felt that it was safe to um, have a couple sporting athletic um, teams participate. And so we do have our girls soccer as well as our boys and girls basketball and cheerleading um, happening right now. And so they are competing against other teams, but we also have conditioning for all of our other sports. So sports like wrestling, which is a very popular sport for our students here in the blind department, they're doing conditioning right now. So they'll be doing, um, um, activities that build their core, um, aerobics, weightlifting, talking about technique and that sort of thing. So we did all conditioning in the fall and um, this winter we're trying it out with a couple of sports and then we'll make that determination for the spring. We are also trying to engage families using our um, online platform, just as you and I are talking today through Zoom. We have lots of live streaming opportunities um, for parents to watch our athletics because we are limiting the number of people that are able to go into the gymnasium, so to speak. But um, we have a very active recreation program, music program, performing arts program, definitely outside of the pandemic where we'll have musicals and plays and dance performances. Um, as well as engaging kids in all kinds of activities after school. So right now, which I'm calling a blip during the pandemic, because I know it's not going to be forever, it does look a little bit different because we are respecting the number of individuals in one space. Um, and we do not have visitors on campus. Of course, parents can come if they have a um, a meeting or an activity they have to attend on behalf of their child. So it does look very different at the school, just like I'm sure it does across the nation right now. Definitely very empty. But I think once the pandemic is over, we're going to be able to have lots of students back and being with their teachers and being with all their friends, sighted or not. Absolutely. We are, we are I think doing an amazing job during this pandemic. Um, and we are doing what many people have called that new normal, but I do very much look forward to the time in which we are all back together again, um, because I know there's, a, there's some richness there in a child's educational experience that we're not able to really capitalize on right now. All right, that sounds good. Um, so how might our listeners enroll their kids into Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind? How might they also learn more about the school? That's a great question. And I think that because we live in an age of technology, one of the very best ways, of course, is using our online resources. Um, the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind has a very robust and accessible website. Um, Listeners can access that website at www.fsdbk12, that's the number one, two, dot org. And on that website, not only can you learn more about our school, but there is also a tab at the top. It's actually the second tab. Our first tab talks about, about, about the school, and our second one is admissions. And on that page, it you're able to schedule a tour and that is still something is, that is minimally able to happen right now with the pandemic for serious 
parents and students who would like to see the campus, but we are um, limiting visits on campus, of course, to keep our students and staff safe. Um, we also have listed there the application process, eligibility, and what goes on throughout that day of an admissions meeting. So that's a really great place to go, but you can also reach out um, to us and contact our executive director of parent services. Her name is Cindy Day and her phone number is on that page as well as email address. Um, and pretty much if, if, a, if a listener was able to contact anyone on this campus, people would steer them in the right direction. But our website is really a great place um, to find more information about how to enroll in school. So the website really has all access to everything Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind. That's right. Lots all of right. information on there. Great. Right? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Tracy, is there anything else that you'd like to add? First of all, I would say thank you so much for this opportunity. It was a pleasure to be able to talk with you today. And it's always a pleasure of mine to be able to talk about our school and our students. I am so proud of them. Just um, this week at the beginning of the week, I had the amazing opportunity of joining a high school class in the blind high school. I was able to talk to some really lovely and engaging students. Um, it was kind of a Q&A setup, um, and probably the most special thing that has happened this week was receiving an email from the teacher, um, her letting me know that our conversation had enabled those students to kind of think about future dreams and possibilities that they had, as well as what they could do to ensure that their educational experience is one that is going to be the best fit for them, and that's really something that I pride myself on and always have as a goal of mine is that is to inspire others and especially our students. So thank you so much for the time that I had today. I am extremely honored to be the 19th president of the Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind and I look forward to many future opportunities to not only possibly work with you but um, your listeners. So thank you again. That would be great, Tracy. And we think you'll make Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind a wonderful place for the blind and visually impaired to become lifelong learners. Congratulations on earning this new special job. And thanks so much for joining us today. So thank you so much for the opportunity today. And I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and that you continue to stay safe and healthy. All right. Thank you so much, Tracy. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. My show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out.
Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization, topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, a service of the American Council of the Blind.